All right, so welcome back to the Daddio Show. Today I'm here with Richard Lasky, sales director of Modern Athletes, founder of Dad, which is Dad's Assisting Dads, and most importantly, a dad to three young uh, daughters. Uh, Richard is an accomplished athlete taking on some of the most grueling events in South Africa, dressed as a cow. Dressed yeah. as a cow. Dressed as a cow. <laughs> Richard, thank you for taking the time to, to chat with me and uh, being the very first guest on, on the Daddy-O show. Obviously, it's a very new podcast and I'm trying to grow it up and, and, and get some, some really inspiring people to, to come on to, onto the show. Very cool. Very cool to be here. Thank you. So I think we met what, about almost three years ago. Uh, yeah. 2018, end of, end of yeah. 2018. Obviously, through my last job, we we met up more to to try and work with you with with modern athletes. And I think shortly after that, added you as a friend on Facebook, and and we bumped into each other quite a few times at at, at quite a few expos and events uh, over the time. But I, I must say that your story and your your life has has been quite inspirational to me because. You know, you've gone through quite a bit and I think you've had a lot to deal with over time. So I think to start off, I just wanted to, to ask you, you know, you, you've got three daughters and I think you started your dad journey, what, almost 20 years ago? Yeah. Tanique will be 21 in November. So, uh, no, scary. Yeah. <laughs> Giving away age. <laughs> it's amazing how they laugh at you. And you know, used to, you used to like, think 50 wasn't that old. Now, now I'm about to turn 50 and I'm like, yo. <laughs> Proper. Uh, it's, it's, it's scary. Uh, like I said to you earlier, my son's almost four and a half. You know, it's, uh, I'm, I'm just at the start of the, the journey, but uh, yeah, there's it's, a lot to look forward to. It's entertaining. I can just if I say, say anything, it's entertaining. <laughs> Especially girls. <laughs> so it's it's three girls you've got, right? Um, yeah, three girls, and then Belle's got um, a daughter. Okay, Erin. So she's sixteen. So we've got Tanika, twenty, uh, Scarlett, who's eighteen, writing matric. Erin, uh, sixteen. Maddie, who's fourteen, and then we've got uh, Gabriel, who's ten. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's the the poor dude at home who has to go through all the estrogen. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think at least in his later teens, you know, he'll 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 be thankful for that. You no, know, he'll, he'll be he'll, sto- like, he'll be stoked when they bring home friends and he's uh, and he's older. <laughs> but now all he wants to do is tell the boyfriends come to all fortnights. <laughs> So it's a family of, of, of five kids, um, but yeah. a bit of a house full. Uh, it's never quiet. Very noisy dinners. Um, but, yeah, we have a lot of jewels. Lots of fun. Uh, everyone's open. So, you know, everybody's uh, old cliche that, you know, they, that's your best friends. I wouldn't say they're our best friends. And sometimes they're always frigging enemies. <laughs> <laughs> We're all very open. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, I've been mom and dad to, to my three for a long time. Yeah. So some entertaining stories about that, that's yeah. for sure. So, I mean, I obviously know about your story. Would you like to just get into it a little bit? Um, yeah, um, no issues on that. So, the missus passed away at three, uh, three days before she turned 37 from adrenal cortical carcinoma. So, the girls were eight, six, and two when she passed away. Yeah, very entertaining. That's, uh, <laughs> that must have been, been very hard to handle and, and, and very new territory for you. You know, being being now becoming a mom and a dad. Yeah, I think it left a massive void, leaves a, a huge void. But I think with that comes comes challenges, but it also comes some special moments because you you obviously suddenly mom's not around, so you the go to person, and there are some very funny stories of that. Uh, your mates and your like my sister, 
And then all my my girlfriends said, uh, "Don't worry, we'll always we'll be there. Whatever you need, you you just shout." So we had a um, uh, fetched Tanika from school, and she said, "No, um, Dad, we need to go to the shops because it's it started." So I said, uh, "Well, it started." So she says, "No, it started." I'm like, "Listen, like, what are you talking about, anyway?" So she says, "Dad, my period." So I'm like, "Shit." Okay, uh, so I found my sister, no answer. Then I start finding all my girlfriends, nobody answers. So I'm like, how hard can this actually be? Yeah. So I said, no worries, we got to disc him. And uh, so I said, go have a basket. And then we go into that aisle. And I, I, was, I still joked about it. I said, I felt like uh, a little bit like Jonah getting sucked up by the whale. Because I never knew there was that amount of stuff in an aisle. So I said, to put the basket back, we'll get a trolley. <laughs> so we got like two, three of everything. And I was like... Uh, pads for light flow, for heavy flow, in case you may have a flow. Uh, tampons with adapters, no applicator, applicator, whatever. Anyway, I pay for the whole thing. The lady at the till looks at me like I was mad. And then as I get to the car and I'm unpacking, then everybody phones. My yeah. sister, all the friends, I'm like, call if you. Seriously? <laughs> now you can call back. So yeah, it comes with some entertaining stories. <laughs> sure, it's, um, that's quite an experience. Uh, yeah, proper. It's, uh, now it's no problem. Now, now I've like, you know, they can put me on speed dial and I know exactly what they need. <laughs> Each one of them, their own different ones. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's, that's the thing. It just, it's, that would never have happened had I not been in the position that I was in. Yeah. So, you know, you get to, as a, as a, as a single dad, I got to experience those type of things which I wouldn't have experienced if if um, if Mel was still around. Mm. So, yeah, like, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, you take the good with the bad, yeah. um, and you embrace those. So those sort of things uh, that I wouldn't have been a part of, I suddenly became a part of, um, and now it's like second nature. So, yeah. It was kind of falling into place for you and taking those challenges head on, basically, with with not a lot of knowledge of of what needs to be done and. and learning from the experience yeah i think you know just before we started chatting you're talking about your your son and riding a bike for the first time you know taking half an hour with without the training wheels yeah so it's the same thing i guess it's just you know she was the training wheels and now the training wheels aren't there so you're going to fend for yourself and make sure it works it's pretty much like that yeah i think it's uh it's good experiences and bad experiences it's 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 crazy things like um trying to watch a movie um, or watching sporting events. I mean, you know what? I'm, I'm crazy about the sport. But not being able to say, geez, how's that catch? Or how's that run out? Or freaking, how's that goal? You know, you don't have that person to turn around and, and say it to anymore. Um, so I suppose that's, it's a massive uh, void. And obviously, you know, especially the girls are the first boyfriends and you know, first kisses and need we say losing virginities. <laughs> so, so those stories are really... Uh, yeah, they're quite entertaining when I when I relay them. <laughs> so, so cancer is definitely, I think, for me. You know, if, if if I think about it, you know, my onset cancer, it's, it's affected our family, but not as close as as your story. But I think you know, going forward from there, it's been been a very big part of your life. Cancer awareness, raising raising funds for for Chuck. Uh, I think for me, the biggest thing that I know about you is the cows. So I did a little bit of research around the cows and, and, and figured out, you know, who they are and what they're about. Can you just tell me a little bit more about your journey with, with the cows and, and, and how you, 
you know, became, I think, one of the, the leaders, one of the, the lead cars. Uh, I think you broke into the comrades as the first car in the, in the running side. Yeah. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about, about the cars. Yeah. So we sorted, so I've always done races for charity, different charities. It's, I figured if I'm not out there winning it, so I might as well do something. So, um, yeah, we've done comrades in a, in a dog suit for SPCA. Um, then we did it in a chain for breast cancer and a worm for sports trust. So it's always been different uh, charity elements. And then a friend of mine, he was working with another lady, Karen, uh, and their daughter, Karen and Grant's daughter, Jess, passed away at 22 months from neuroblastoma. And he gave me a call and he said, look, how do we go about raising money? So I said, well, first we come to your house there, Italian. Your wife cooks us pasta. We get drunk. And, you know, we come up with some crazy ideas. So the goal was six of us. It was two. Uh, so yeah, so I'd, I'd done the last two 947s on an ice cream bike. Um, old school three-wheel ice cream bike, single speed. And I'd done one for starfish, AIDS orphans. And then the next one I did for SPCA again. So the two... Previous years had been on the ice cream bike, so we knew what we knew what it was about. Um, and this was two weeks before nine four, so the plan was six of us to raise ten grand each. That was a goal. So it was, we were trying to get sixty thousand rand in the two weeks. Uh, so we sent Steve um, on the Friday. We sent him to the hiring shop, and we said, um, "Go get us six suits." And we were thinking roosters because we didn't quite think this whole thing through. <laughs> so we were thinking rooster suits and we said like, go and get six. And then our whole social media plan that we had was that it was going to be these six cocks. <laughs> but we hadn't thought six cocks raising money for kids cancer. <laughs> so we didn't quite think that whole thing through. Thankfully, Steve couldn't get any rooster suits. He could only get... The only thing you could find six of the same was cow suits. So okay. that's how the cow started. That's how the cow Literally started. just like that. So there was no meaning behind it, no nothing. Only suits we could find was cow suits. So we became the cows and in two weeks raised 232 grand. And then we figured we got a bit of an issue. Um, we're not just going to hand it over. So we bought a Toyota Quantum, okay. had it branded and yeah, um, that's how the cow started. And then we realized that there's obviously a market for it. So we started the cars and that's, yeah, to this day, we still do it. The same, the same six cars are still involved and it's, you know, in the next couple of months, you know, the next few months we'll raise, we'll go through 50 million since we started. Yeah. So. That's, uh, that's what, 12 years? 12, 13 years? That's it. So some, yeah, there's some really cool stuff that's been done with it. So all that happens is the cars raise, raise the money and then chalk which is Children's Hematological Oncology Center. They send us a wish list each year. So each province gives us what they're looking for, um, and we look at it accordingly and see who needs what the most, and then we take it from there, collate it, and then there's our target for the following year. So that's how we do it. Yeah. So, but I think it's, you know, it was crazy because for a year I'd been involved in understanding cancer, what it does, obviously with kids. But then a year later, my wife was diagnosed and a year after that, she passed away. So it was like almost like preparing. It's quite mm. weird how it all works. Sure. That's, um, that's pretty scary. You, know, you, you go through it and you, you understand the, the ins and outs of it. And then, and then it hits you as, as a family. And it's, you know, it, it, it's a, a pretty difficult situation to be in, I think, at the end of the day. But I mean, for me, you know, I've, I've, I've never ridden for the cars. But uh, I think my first 947... 
I saw these guys riding past me and I was like, what the hell's going on? You know, like it's, it's boiling hot outside and there's this guy in a full cow seat. Like, like what the actual, you know, it's, um, and then, and then I saw you guys a little bit more about you after the race. I think I've had a friend, um, Graham Parker, who's, who's been, been a big part of, of the cars as well. And then I, I understood a little bit more. And then obviously we met from modern athletes and, uh, I got a little bit more interested in, in what was going on. And then find out a bit more about the madness. Yeah. The madness. I mean, <laughs> the ice cream track, I think, uh, or the ice cream bike, that's tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, that thing must weigh a ton. Yeah. It weighs 70 kilos. It's yeah. People always say to us like, why the cow suits? Why, why don't you make it sort of aerodynamic and lycra? But the thing, and, and also the ice cream bike, why don't you put gears on it and do, you know, make it a whole lot easier, make it lighter. Um, and it's, it's a really easy thing. Um, when the kids are diagnosed, you know, no little kid understands why you're putting a port inside them, uh, why you're hurting them with a needle, um, why the hair's falling out. So it's hard for them to understand that. But they have to suffer and go through like some he- hectic times, painful times. So... And that's for the duration of their chemo. So here we are, you've got to endure a couple of hours, uh, whatever event you're doing. So, you know, we have this thing and it's suck it up, princess, and um, get on with the job. You know, you, you've only got to suffer for a little bit. These kids have got no choice. They've got to suffer for as long as it takes. So that's the reason behind not making it easy, is to feel a little bit of it and to, to endure a little bit of suffering whilst they, these little soldiers are fighting on. Yeah, that's... Um yeah, you know, it's, it's it's a couple of hours for you suffering with for for these little these kids. It's hours and hours, you know, every day. And it's um, I think I think it's pretty cool that you guys are doing that. And I mean, last time I saw those, there's quite a few cars that that were raising funds for you. I think sort of last year, nine four seven. Did you guys manage to get out there? How many how many cars did you have uh, raising funds for you guys there? So we nine four wasn't. Wasn't that big last year? What we did do is we created a an event called the Cow and Bell, uh, where we rode out in the cradle, and we had uh, teams out in the cradle, and we had a whole lot of different teams in different coloured suits. Each suit colour and name was named after someone that we'd lost, and we had teams that went out and raced. Uh, you could do a 45, a 90, uh, 135, or a 180, and we yeah, it's. I think there we raised just over a million. So all things considered with COVID and everything else like that. Yeah, the guys, it, it's incredible how people people just want to help. So it's not, we're not doing anything different. Everybody wants to help. We're just giving them a platform. Yeah. That's that's pretty much all it is. And ever since we started it, um, obviously Ride for a Purpose was born. And there's just more people benefiting from it. You know, we've been fortunate enough to become one of Comrades' official charities, which makes a huge difference. And also... A lot of awareness. So yeah, that's it's it's all about growing it and growing growing the awareness, growing the the fact that you know the knowledge of what's out there and how they can help. I think that's the important part is just is trying to help these little likes who are going through such shitty times. And and you've obviously taken it amongst yourself to try and, and, and do as much as possible as many races to represent re- represent the cars and, and raise as much money as possible. I know you've done a couple of, of, of uh, comrades. What what other events have you have you done that uh, you feel is a milestone from from your your journey as a as a car? Yeah, so I mean the last the last ten comrades have been in a car suit. We did Kilimanjaro, so I've got a photo of ten mates. 
on the top of on the summits of Kilimanjaro and cow suits. It was pretty cool. Much to a lot of other people's like, what the hell is this about? Joburg to see was also quite a cool experience. 26 hardtail. Uh, there was lots of fun. I rode that with, you'll know, Sibusi Suvaloni. So, yeah, I rode that with Sibs. Yeah, there's plenty. Yeah. Mauritius Marathon, Mauritius Mountain Bike Champs. Yeah, uh, actually, Otter. So, yeah, loads. Whatever, anything, whatever, any any event there is, we, we, we put it in a car suit. That's awesome. That's cool. Just get, get you out there, get, get it into the <laughs> events. And we know there's so many events out there, I think. Yeah. It's nice to see them all opening again. Yeah, definitely, definitely. From there, I think, you know, moving, moving on, you, you're part of Modern Athlete. You're the sales director at Modern Athlete. How did that all come about? You know, how did you guys start the magazine? You know, you, you obviously were going through, through quite a bit. I think that was 2013. That you that you started at Modern Athlete? Uh, yeah, 2013. I was going to start there earlier, but yeah, then obviously my miss, uh, to around about 2011, I was going to start, but then she had passed away. And then I went across to to Modern Athletes, and then subsequent to that, we stopped printing um, in December 2018 was our last print. Um, and then myself, Rox, and Sean took it over and went digital digital only and then yeah that's 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 where we are presently and obviously yeah so it's the monthly magazine still happening but now we we've branched out into event digimax bespoke digimax that type of stuff so you know not just not just in in the running circles grown grown a quite a significant amount across other platforms as well so i think yeah, it's been a it's been a good learning curve especially through covid yeah, trying to trying to keep a business. Any anybody who kept a business afloat in in COVID was was doing well. So yeah, I think we've you know, hopefully turned the corner, and, and there's some exciting things on the go. Yeah, the events opening. It's it's an interesting time at the moment with with comrades changing dates. I mean, we are the stupidest country in the world when it comes to to running because we, you know, comrades before, and that's the only way to describe it. Um, so that's the. The calendar's in a bit of disarray. Um, nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going on because obviously Comrades was always well. Was thirty first of May, then sixteenth of June, then became the second Sunday in June, and now it's gone to August. So you've got this craziness of everybody trying to stay healthy and fit yeah. during the whole of winter and plan their training. And it's all changed because so the races are you know, the calendar. Nobody knows what's going on in the calendar. Um, so it's sort of virgin territory for everybody, which is a good thing for us because we need to put that communication out to all of the to all the readers. Okay. So yeah, it's exciting times. Yeah. So I mean, you you obviously put a lot of effort and a lot of your time and energy into growing modern athletes. How did you manage to balance work and and you know being a parent, being a single dad? Yeah, I think it's so. The kids are amazing. They're very resilient. Kids are always more resilient and capable of a lot more than what. The adults think they are, um, but that you also learn. I think, yeah, the kids, yeah, everyone's kids are special. Everybody will tell you that their their kids are the best. But I think, yeah, mine, mine did really well uh, in fending for themselves a lot. Uh, as you know, I wasn't the most well-behaved sausage. Uh, so, elements of uh, not an element, full-blown problem child when it comes to addiction. So, yeah, I don't think there was, I don't think not, there definitely was never a day that I didn't drive drunk with the kids. So, yeah, I think they've, wouldn't say 
I've got a lot to do with it and I think they had a lot to do with it. Um, the, um, especially the old Tanika. Um, she was like the mother figure. And when you're getting home at five o'clock in the morning and <laughs> and it's your daughter saying, is this the time to come home and not your wife? Then <laughs> you know you're in cock. But um, yeah, I think it's also lessons learned. So I think we, we went through a lot together, lots of cooking of dinners together, lots of doing lunchboxes, schooling, um, that type of stuff. I wasn't the greatest scholar. I tried not to be at school too much. So, yeah, I think it's 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 an interesting thing. Um, the, the balance is, it's one thing having the balance, but it's another thing pretending you got the balance. And I think it's, uh, if I'm completely honest, uh, that wasn't there. Um, and it took a lot of, it took a lot to to make to maybe understand that and to realize, admit it. So, as you know, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, in recovery now for uh, about three and a half years. So, yeah, I've been clean and sober for that amount of time. But also, it takes you to to rock bottom. So again, another cliche, but yeah, you got to get you got to get there too. To realize there's no other way out. So I think a lot of that's changed. Probably rambling here, but a lot of it's changed. And I think it's it's a great understanding. Jeez, it's shitty being an adult. Because um, it was easier to be out of it than deal with the reality. So now it's you know, now you're facing reality every day. It was much easier to, to drink and drag it away and worry about it the next morning and then start again. Um, so now it's you know, dealing with reality every day. And I think that's... That's also a lot of, of what what I'm trying to do is, is is to help others who are going through similar stuff. So reaching out, I can't call it counseling because I'm not a counselor, but I've got support structures. So I've got a whole lot of groups with people who are going through whatever it is, whatever addiction it is. And then they've got they've got to do daily check-ins. So they've got to check in with me every day. And I've got guys around the world. So it doesn't matter where you are. I've got guys in Germany, Brussels. Where else? Belgium, Australia, States. Um, and all they got to do is each day check in, give me a word, a word for the day. And then that word basically sets the tone for the day. So, yeah, it's not a, like I said, it's not a counseling thing. It's just a support thing. A couple of WhatsApp groups with the guys. So we do Zoom calls and that type of thing. So, you know, just trying to help them whatever they're battling with. And there's no, you know, like there's no structure at all. Just being there, being there to, to yeah. assist them if, if need be. Yeah, just letting people know that they they're not alone. Um, mm. Doesn't matter if they're a couple of thousand k's away. It's just you there, um, and they're not alone. Yeah, that's awesome. You had quite a, a life changing event um, in 2019 that I think led to to the point where you, where you said enough is enough, and you know, I think you you had a, a, a bad car accident uh, in Belito. No, uh, I wish I wish it was something like hectic. It wasn't. It was just a drunken, disorderly, leaving a club at 4.30 in the morning in, in baggies and a vest and slops. And I was with uh, Belle's best mate um, and she slipped and I turned to catch her and then fell down the stairs with her sitting on top of me. And two weeks before that, I'd uh, fractured some ribs at football. And so this was on the 27th of December uh, when we were in Belito. And yeah, so I knew I'd done the ribs. But knew there was nothing you can do for for fractured ribs that just left it, and then on the first of Jan, yeah, I was battling to breathe, so they put, took me to um, Belito Hospital. 
but then they misdiagnosed me. They treated me for a week in hospital for pneumonia. So I'd spent a week uh, in the hospital and then we needed to get back to Joburg. So we came back to Joburg and then, you know, I couldn't breathe. I sounded like I was gurgling. So then they took me to Bedford Clinic and went and did some scans and that. And all that had happened is my lungs, uh, my, my ribs had fractured and then that uh, pierced my lungs and my lungs had filled up with fluid. And there was 13% capacity left. Um, but I had septicemia. So my lungs were just full of rotting fluid. And I was you know, literally like rotting from the inside out. It was like a puff at about, like that rotting skin. You know, so then they put me, um, they did a, the thoracic surgeon did an op, and then they cut two centimeters of lining away from the inside of my lungs. And you know, then they put two drains in my, in my lungs through my back. Um, they had like two five-liter bottles on the floor that just filled up with <laughs> really <laughs> shitty, really <laughs> shitty-looking fluid. And that was it, Joss. I spent three weeks in ICU. So, like I said, it wasn't some big, exciting car accident yeah. or some horrific thing that I could <laughs> regale a story about. It was like really dismal, falling down a flight of stairs. But yeah, so that was. I'd spent by that stage. I'd spent a month in hospital, and obviously had no narcotic substances or alcohol and my kids walked in and said that we've lost one parent we don't want to lose another and that was pretty much it so yeah pretty much packed my hospital bag went home um unpacked it packed a kit bag and booked into rehab and yeah that was it haven't haven't touched since then three and a half years you said yeah three and a half years so <clears throat> yeah, thanks, dude. It's um, it's not easy to to get over the addictions, and I think when you when you've got your kids turning around to you saying, you know, we've already lost one parent and, and we can't lose another one, I think I must uh, tag at the heartstrings quite a bit. Yeah, I think it's like I said, adulting's cuck, and I think it was a bit of a turning point for me to uh, realize it's time to be an adult. Mm. And you know, I'm like two weeks away from being fifty. And it's still cuck being an adult. <laughs> I don't want to be an adult. <laughs> it sucks dog balls. Yeah, and I, but yeah, I'm not going to lie. Other people say they don't miss it. I absolutely miss it. I miss getting shit-faced. I miss not caring. I miss, uh, yeah, I miss, I miss the fact that you just can do what you want and then not even care what anyone, yeah. So I do miss it. Uh, every day is a struggle. But I, I know it's not worth it. Um, so I've got no... I've got no issues. I, I know I won't touch it again. Um, anything. It's. I know what I stand to lose. Um, it's the kids and and Bell, and yeah, I'm not not prepared to forego that. I think I think through the recovery process, you know, I've I've always known you to be super lean, uh, crazy runner, crazy cyclist. You you went went through quite a bit, and 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 eventually decided to to get into a bit of a body transformation and. And change your ways. You started working with Nick. Can you tell me a little bit more about your process that you went through to from start to to, to sort of finish? Like, why did you choose to to go through that uh, body transformation? Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's really simple. Is that during COVID uh, there was nothing to do, so yeah, you could do a bit of swimming, get on the bike and on the trainer, and run laps around the garden with the Rottweiler chasing me. That eventually got a bit boring. 
so yeah, we had uh, we had some gym stuff at home, some gym equipment and some weights and stuff. So I just started with that. that yeah, so that was uh, the way it started. It was just trying to find something to keep to keep me busy and to keep me occupied. So yeah, I haven't done that before. So I just did did what I had, and then came across for the life of me, I can't remember how I came across Nick, but. Then uh, got chatting to Nick and then got Nick to start writing for us as, as a contributor to Modern Athletes. And then Nick said to me, look, you're easy. you want to put me on a program and let's let's see what we can do. So that was how it started. Nick basically laying down some challenges, saying let's see what we what we can do and and uh, with a bit of discipline and some some eating stuff, you know, eating properly and that. Um, and let's let's see what results we can come up with. So that was it. Yeah, just uh, I enjoy the discipline side and also learning. Yeah, you know, when the gyms opened again, it was really cool to to go into a gym because as I said, it's not something I've done before. You know, done the odd, odd weight training and that sort of stuff, but going in and, and learning more about stuff from guys who who know it. I found it really cool to to learn from that and to learn from 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 scratch and then to sort of I love pushing pushing the body so I think it's the mind and body together yeah I still uh, I'll, I'll get uh, I'll get moaned at for this but I still lift like a girl <coughs> but uh, yeah it's it's exciting dude I, and I love it I'm, I'm I'm probably a little bit over the top uh, I always take things a little bit too far. So I guess that's just uh, in the the uh, addictive behavior. So it's always going to be there. But yeah, loving it, dude. Loving the pushing the body to the to the limits and and yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it'd be blatantly lying if you say the vanity stuff doesn't come through because I mean, it's lucky to be able to look decent. So when you've never done that in your life, I mean, I'll be honest, never. Um, so it's quite nice to to be able to. To look and see progress, <clears throat> you know, it's one thing when you know, it's like like running a PB or cycling a PB. It's like you know you've got something there that you can look at the clock. So I suppose this is the same thing. Yeah. You you're looking at, at at something, but you've got control over it. That's the difference. Um, full control. You know, your eating, your your training, your dieting, everything everything goes with it. Your discipline, um, your you know, getting up on, on, on miserable days and still going and doing it. So I think it's, it's, it's a really cool thing for the mind to be able to push it like that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You'll understand it's your game. Yeah, no, definitely. Um. <laughs> I need to tell you that. <laughs> Don't need to reiterate that. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, like you're saying, like you, you cycle and you do a PB and, you know, you look back at it and you've got the numbers that you can look at or you, you've got the trophies or, or the medals that you've done. I think when it comes to training and you look in the mirror, every time you sort of walk past the mirror, you get to just have a glimpse of, of what you've achieved. And I think that brings in a little bit more motivation to carry on, to to continue doing it. You know, I think also from from your partner's side, you know, if she she sees you, you know, looking really good, taking care of yourself, you know, it's not sometimes just for yourself, it's 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 for your partner or something that I like to, to always push out is that I want to be a good role model for my child. You know, if I'm training, I want him to come and train. You know, I'm I'm a I'm a climber. And my son watches me climb and he's every weekend, can we go to the climbing gym, you know, and, and yeah. getting him onto the walls. It's, you know, for me, that's the, the biggest takeaway from it. But I mean, you looked, you look pretty darn good. Yeah, I think it's also, you know, it's, you, for me, for me, it's always been about helping others. So when, I'm, when I've done comrades, when I've done other stuff, it's always been about helping other people come through what they didn't think they could do. So, you know, taking guys through their first comrades and seeing the smile on their face when you turn and they've crossed that line. Like, that's always been what I've fed off. So it's always been about, I've got the thrills of helping others. And now doing this, 
is probably one of the few times that it's helping me. So I think that's also been a bit of a, a, a different circumstance for me to, to be able to do and to see value for myself, um, if put it that way. Um, but 100% in terms of the kids and that, so the, the, the kids come with us to gym. You know, and they also get involved and they're also on the, on the training and that type of stuff. So they can also see changes happening with them. And it's cool because like their, their respective boyfriends are also training and they, you know, uh, so everyone's involved. So it's a, and it's all a healthy lifestyle. And if you look at what goes on around us, the fast foods and everything else like that, it's, uh, they're becoming a lot more cognizant of what they're putting in their mouths and into their bodies. So I suppose at the end of the day, it's also about longevity um, and helping them to lead a sustainable life. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, I mean, you, you, you always talk about helping others. And uh, when, I, when I spoke to you last week about setting up this, this interview, you said you had some goosebumps just before I sent you that message. And, and you told me that you just started a, a group called Dad, uh, Dads Assisting Dads. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about Dads Assisting Dads. Yeah, dude, that was the craziest thing when you, when you called me. So it's been something we've been wanting, or that I've been wanting to do for a while. And it's just dads who've lost uh, wives or partners, whatever you want to call it, and are facing stuff for the first time head on uh, without a partner. And that's all it is. It's just it's guys getting together. So we, we've only just started it so a week ago. Like I said, we wanted to do it for a while. But it's just, it's a group on Facebook. And then it's also, we've got a WhatsApp group. And all it is, is folks that are going to get together, have a child, and bounce things off each other. You know, what did you do when your child came home and they said they had a period? How did you how did you cope? You know, how do you do dinners? How do you do lunch boxes? How did you discuss that shitty report? Uh, who did you discuss it with? What are you doing? Uh, you know, and it, there's no right and wrong answers. It's just what I did was this, and it worked for me. And the other dude will say, "Well, that's the shittiest idea because I tried it and it backfired." So, you know, getting a little bit of advice from everybody and, and going taking some of it and using it in your own situation and hopefully then it works. But but more than anything is just networking, reaching out to guys who think they're alone and making them realize that they're not the only ones in the situation. And hopefully they in turn reach out to somebody else. So yeah, that's that's pretty much just just what we're doing. So it is, it's brand new and hopefully it's just gonna help help some guys. There's been um, and there's just been too many, especially in the last while, there where guys, and you know what, I don't want them to feel alone. So it's just, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be, it, it doesn't mean that your, your partner must have passed away from cancer. It can, you know, whatever it is, whether it's a car accident or whether it's COVID, whatever. It's just, it's just people, guys who are struggling and need some, some, some help from other guys. And like we were chatting prior to this, I think it's, you know, there's this whole man's world thing. And it's the biggest crock of shit. You know, you need to be able to shed a tear and and break down. Um, and you need to be know, and then you need to know that it's, that it's perfectly okay uh, to do that. And your kids need to need to see it, because uh, if we bring them up in this whole masculine top environment where it's not okay, well, you know, then so is beating your wife not okay. So you know, we just it's it's the stigma that gets attached to it. Mm. You know, I think I think because I'm, you know, I'm raising a boy. You know, it's always when they when they're upset or they're crying or they hurt themselves. It's just be a man. You know, don't cry. Just hold that emotion in. I think that that's um, a big part of you know of, of where we are from from a, a, 
a society of dads. You know, it's it's we need to be able to share our experiences. We need to be able to talk about our, our emotions and um, you know just ask for help if we need to ask for help. So I'm I'm quite happy that you started this, and and we'll definitely put the links down into the description below on the show, and then we'll share it on on Daddyos as well. Share the links to the the Facebook page, and then if you want, we can also put the WhatsApp numbers there so that guys can get get in touch if they if they need some help. Um, I think uh, I think we've gone through quite a bit today. Um, we, we've had quite a bit of a chat today. One of my questions that I want to bring in is, what does being a dad mean to you? Yes. Um, <laughs> what does being a dad mean? You know, you know, when people repeat the question, it's always because they have no clue how to answer it. <laughs> I feel like someone writing an algebra paper, no freaking clue. Uh, dude, for me... I think it's the legacy you're going to leave is how they see you. I would love to, I'd love to know what, what my kids honestly think. You know, you can, like same as I said earlier, if, if you think everyone thinks they've got the best kids. For me, I would love to, to know that I've added value. That's probably the best way to sum it up is have I, have I added any sense of value to them? That's probably it. And also have they, how, how they treat others. Do they have respect and manners? And if, if, that's, if, if that's how people, when people meet the kids and they turn around, they say they're incredibly well-mannered and respectful. Yeah, I think, um, I think the, last, the last 20 odd years have been worth it if that's the way they view the kids. It's, it's how other people see, see them. Yeah. Um, so I think that's probably the best the best answer would be, yeah, if, if other people view them as respectful and, and, and manners, and then, then you've done a decent job. Hopefully, they can pass it on to others, dude. That's it. That's that's what I think. Uh, parenting is, is all about is is taking the good and, and, and learning from that and, and passing it on. Obviously, take the bad, learn from those experiences, and, and try not to do the same. But yeah, Richard. I want to thank you very much for, for agreeing to do this for me. Your virgin. <laughs> break, break my interview virginity over here. Um, I think it's been, been a fantastic uh, interview. Thank you for, for sharing your, your, your stories and, and your experience as a dad. And uh, maybe, maybe in the future we can always meet up again and, and have, another, have another interview, another, another chat about, uh, about dad, about the cows, about you know, your experiences of life. Yeah, I do. Thanks, and and for what you're doing, I think it's incredible, and I think yeah, you're creating a your own little legacy for for your lati, and I think it's a really, it's a, it's a pertinent thing that goes on for for guys, and I'm looking I'm looking forward to seeing how it grows, and looking forward to see how you grow it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully you get loads and loads of visitors uh, and, and loads of listeners. I don't know how many you're gonna get from this one, but hopefully the rest are good. <laughs> Shot, dude. No, thank you very much, Richard. Thanks, I dude. really, really appreciate it.